Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Matthew. And before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to share a little bit of love that I have for the Having It All Blueprint course. Because I've been in the space that you might find yourself in right now, where you're feeling frustrated. Maybe you're feeling a little bit lost or confused, like you don't have direction or you aren't really clear on your purpose, or you don't know why you keep starting and stopping things in your life. And you feel like you're kind of caught in this cycle and you just keep repeating the same things again and again. I've totally been there and I've seen the impact that that has on my health and on my relationships, and on everything that I experience in my life. And what I have done in the Having It All Blueprint is pour in the frameworks and the systems and all the different mindset shifts and changes that I did on myself, first and foremost, that I lived and have walked for so many years that have helped to create a huge transformation in my life. And I put all of that in the blueprint, And the result of me living everything that I teach in the blueprint is that I attracted an incredible queen into my life. I took really bold steps in my work and with entrepreneurship. I reached all new heights in my fitness and in my health. I became a father and fully embraced the role of raising a little girl. And I helped to create an amazing community of people who are there to love me and support me and to fill me up. And all of that is because I walk the walk. And so if you've been feeling any of that frustration, any of that overwhelm, any of that that feeling of just being uninspired in your life, and you're ready to walk the walk, then the blueprint can be an incredible tool for you. It can help you do just that. And if you're interested, you can go to matthewbivens.com slash blueprint to learn more. And if you're not, if this isn't the timing for you, that's okay too, because the timing has to be right. And so when the timing is right for you, it'll be there. Thank you so much for giving me those couple of minutes. Let's now jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up? What's up? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of the Having It All podcast. My name is Matthew Bivens, and I am your host. I'm a balanced lifestyle coach. I'm a transformational specialist, and I'm a dude who is so freaking obsessed with having an abundant, loving life that it is absolutely ridiculous. It's just ridiculous how crazy I am about this stuff. And 
You know, for those of you who are new to the show, I started this podcast, what, like three years ago. And I simply wanted to have conversations about what it looked like to have it all. That was it. There was no business. There was no big goals other than let me have 100 conversations with other people and conversations with myself. And that was it. I just wanted to explore. I was so curious. And here we are, three years later, million plus downloads later, and this thing has just taken off. And you know, I absolutely love having these conversations and exploring like, what does it really look like and feel like to have it all? And do you have it all? Do you feel like you have it all? Is it even possible given your current context, given the way that you look at life, given the way that you define what having it all is? Because I really had to look at that for myself. I had to explore, like, is it possible? You know, I believe that the universe is abundant, but do I believe I can have it all? Well, given my old paradigm, no, it wasn't possible. But uh, the way I look at it now, 100%, absolutely. An abundant, loving life is possible for you and every single person. So that's what we're talking about in this podcast. And in this particular episode, we got a cool one. A few weeks ago, I did a, a post on my Instagram where I asked you all to give me some ideas, things you wanted me to talk about, some specific topics you wanted me to address in the show. And I got a bunch of responses. So what I'm going to be doing uh, on this episode and several others, I'm going to be answering your questions and addressing those topics. And what was really cool is as I was looking at all the different responses, they sort of sorted themselves into questions about self, questions about others, and questions about life, which is something that I talk about a lot. Your soul, SOL, self, others, and life. So today is all about self. And specifically, I'm going to be talking about being your authentic self and overcoming fears. So I'm going to hit on a couple of listener questions around being your authentic self and overcoming fears. But first, let's talk about some magic. Magic is your ability to influence self, others, and life. See, there it is, SOL. Your ability to influence self, others, and life in an empowering way. And at the top of every episode, I share magic from my life because I want to recognize those moments when I'm being a powerful influencer. And I want to show you that, you know what? You are a powerful influencer as well. You're constantly influencing self, others, and life in an empowering way. So I invite you, when I'm complete sharing my magic, to pause the episode and think of your magic as well. Because the more that you think about it, the more that it's in your mind and your awareness, the more that you create and the greater you realize how powerful you freaking are. So I have a couple pieces of magic. First, financial magic. That's been one of my, my uh, focuses for this year and even more specifically the past several weeks. Um, I got some feedback from my small accountability group called a COI, Circle of Influence. I presented to them my epic challenge around my financial maturity. And the magic in that was just receiving some really awesome feedback about how I can increase my maturity around my personal finances, business finances, because quite frankly, that's been an area of my life that I have avoided. And I've taken peaks and glances here and there, but I haven't done full extensive examinations over a long period of time to be able to grow my sense of maturity financially. I'm not talking about growing my money. I'm simply talking about my relationship to finances. That's what I'm looking to improve. So receiving that feedback from my accountability group was beautiful. And that led into some action items, some very concrete action items about how I can 
improve that maturity. And so for the past week, I've just been putting in a lot of reps, just day after day, just putting in the reps around my finances from reading, doing a ton of reading, just devouring different financial books to looking at my numbers, going through my numbers, going through the debts, looking at the spreadsheet, creating my budget, having conversations, looking at every transaction. And then yesterday, it culminated in doing my taxes. So Sarah and I sat down and we did our taxes. And so all of this has been magical. And I am I'm laying the groundwork for what I intend to be some beautiful financial, uh, just continued beautiful financial magic in the future as I really develop this habit and grow my maturity around my finances. So that right there is magic. Second piece of magic is totally separate, totally different. Um, It has to do with uh, our home. And we've been in this house for about five years. And we've had this big, beautiful backyard for this entire time. But this backyard has no place for us to sit and chill and hang out. And so last week, I I finally, because it's been on my mind for a while, I finally went and created this this awesome little patio seating area for us. And uh, I, I built it and, and put things together, just nice mulch and seating and tables and chairs and lighting and all sorts of great stuff. And I uh, have created this really just wonderful space that Sarah, Maya, myself, my friends, family, we can just chill and enjoy nature and enjoy the beautiful backyard that we have. And Maya can run around and play and We grilled out on Monday night and ate dinner out there. It was just so, so magical. And I love being outside. I love being in the elements, especially right now. It's springtime here in Atlanta, so it's the most beautiful time of the year. And uh, having this little seating area is magic. So those are my pieces of magic. And now I invite you, pause the episode. Think about what magic you've created. No magic is too small. Seriously. You know, getting up at 6 a.m. when you normally get up at 7, that's magic. There's no magic that is too small. Walking down the street and finding a quarter, guess what? That's the universe dropping some abundance in your lap. That's magic. So recognize it all. Take a moment. Recognize how you have influenced self, others, or life. Do that right now. And then we'll continue. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, next up, we got listener love. And I I always want to be just showing gratitude to you because you've you've given me so much. You've made so many deposits into my tanks over the years. And now I just really like to acknowledge you for reaching out. And so today's listener love goes to Andre on Instagram. And Andre, man, it was, it was really cool receiving your message. And I really appreciate your boldness. I appreciate the boldness that you displayed 
by sharing with me the thing that was making you uncomfortable and the, the, the discomfort that you wanted to minimize. And putting it out there like that to stranger, you know, is, is freaking awesome. It takes guts. And, and I'm inspired because that sort of action helps to shine a light on those things that make you really uncomfortable, those fears. And uh, it just constant reminders to me, like, where can I be addressing those fears? So, Andre, I appreciate you. And, you know, I appreciate everybody who reached out over the last week or so with their fears, you know, and the areas of discomfort they wanted to minimize. Um, it was in an episode, it may have been the last episode, maybe one before, where I, I put out this call to action like, hey, let's address these things that are, that are making us uncomfortable. If you've been triggered recently and it's made you uncomfortable, like I, I wanted to address that in my life. I had two instances that made me really uncomfortable that I wanted to address. And so I put a call out there for people to reach out to me, share with me the things that were making you uncomfortable that you want to address. And together we'll address them each day over the course of a week. And I had so many people reach out to me and like, it's just, it's so freaking cool, you know, for, for us collectively to be saying, I'm choosing love instead of fear and to be proactive about addressing these things. So shout out to everybody who messaged me on Instagram, emailed me and posted their their fears and posted their commitments in the Facebook group because that was really cool because you made it public, you know? So if you post it in the Facebook group, you are extra dope because like you put it out there, you made it public. So not just I was seeing it, but everybody else was seeing it. And uh, that's how, you know, that's, that's one way we can hold ourselves accountable. And that really works for me. So shout out to everybody. If you want to be like Andre and reach out to me and connect and get into a cool conversation, you can do so at Instagram, Matthew underscore Bivens. I love chatting. I love talking. I love it when you post me in your stories or tag me in your stories. That's super cool. Even though they go away after 24 hours and every once in a while I jump in, I'm like, ah, shit, I missed it. And I don't actually see the story, but it's still awesome. So you can hit me up on Instagram. You can hit me up on my email, mattcbivens at gmail.com. You can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and a rating and I'll read it and comment and all that great stuff. So if you want to connect, hit me up. Let's do it. And I don't know if I'm talking pretty fast today. I feel like I am. I feel like I got a lot of energy. Sarah made me a, a matcha tea. I've been drinking green tea lately. It's been, it's been awesome. I haven't really been into green tea, but I started getting into it. And Sarah found this matcha powder which uh, at first tasted like fish food to me. It tasted gross, but <laughs> after some doctoring, um, I really enjoy it. And so I think I got a little extra pep in my step. So you might have to listen to this on like reduced speed if you, if you think I'm talking too fast. But all right, enough. Let's get dig into this stuff because I got three listener emails, three listener uh, reach out question topics that I want to address. And I know I can be long-winded, so I'm trying to keep this short and sweet today. The first one comes from Vaughn. Vaughn reached out on Instagram. And uh, this one's all about fear. So Vaughn asks, I feel like fear is the reason that many people don't have it all, whatever their all is. So I'd love to know how to move through fear. Vaughn, that's a great question, great topic. And it's definitely the place to ask it because that is a huge part of my story. That's, you know, the the turning point for me in life was when I really got sick of choosing fear. I got sick and tired of that feeling of being faced with a crossroad, being faced with a choice, and choosing the choice that kept me in my fearful state because the alternative was too scary. So that has happened again and again and again in my life. So I totally get it. 
And there's a couple ways I want, there's a couple things I want to address right now. First is the fear thing. And, you know, fear has a lot to do with comfort zones. Everybody here is, is aware of comfort zones. You know, you have this little, this little bubble of, as like, as long as you stay within your bubble, you feel safe, you feel comfortable, you feel secure, you know, everything is familiar. And outside of the bubble, that's where all the fear is, you know? And so whenever you have some sort of fear, typically it exists outside of your little comfort zone bubble. The thing is, and you've heard this before, that everything that you want, all those things that you really desire, they live on the outside of your, your fear circle, outside of your comfort zone. And what happens is the closer we get to the edge of that comfort zone, that's the more scared that we become. And so, first of all, I think it's important to understand that, you know, because we can get comfortable with being comfortable. And you can believe that the life that you truly want and the person you wish to become and the things you want to create and the people you want to attract into your life can happen within your current state of existence, within your comfort zone. But that's not the case because everything you've done in the past has brought you to this point right now. So if you want to do something different, if you want to experience something different, if you want to have something different, if you want to create something different, you need to step out of your comfort zone and be someone different. And so it's really important that we actually understand that because that's just how that stuff works. And every time we step outside of our comfort zone, whoop, it expands. You know, our sense of self expands. Our confidence expands. Our self-esteem expands. And then guess what? We have new fears that pop up on the outside of our comfort zone because we're now playing a bigger game. The fears get bigger. And then you got to keep on checking those fears, going to the edge of that comfort zone and stepping over the boundary. And then whoop, you become bigger, more bold, more courageous, more confident. It's just a cycle. It just keeps on going and going and going. But if you don't recognize that, then you can be sitting there asking myself, how do you move through fear? I don't really know what to do. The key in, in Vaughn in your question is move. The way that you move through fear is you move. Fear keeps people stagnant. It just keeps people stuck in place and rooted. Afraid to move. So in order to get outside of your comfort zone, what do you have to do? You have to actually cross the boundary. You have to move. You got to take some action. And what has helped me take some action is two things. The first thing that helped was what got me taking that very first leap of faith and moving. And that was just being sick and tired of feeling afraid. I was just so tired of being afraid. I was so tired of judging myself every time that I chose fear. I was so tired of feeling small. I was just sick of it. And that helped me kick it off in the beginning. Bah, and it got me over that, that comfort zone. And I was like, wow, okay, great. And then, of course, I was presented with other fears. So at that point, that, that impulse to, to, to not feel fear anymore wasn't really enough. But what became my catalyst and my fire was having a why, a personal mission for myself that was bigger than any fear. Once I developed my why in the form of a personal mission statement, and that mission statement really connected with my core, I found that there was no fear that was, that was too big for me to step into. Because of the way that I wrote my mission statement, it empowered me. And I realized, you know what? If I want to be the person in this mission statement, I'm stepping through the fear no matter what. I'm stepping through, I'm going forward, or I'm going to die because there's no way in hell I'm going backwards. That was my mentality, and that is my mentality. I'm moving forward or I'm going to die. If I die, it doesn't matter anyway. And if we think about those fears, if you really trace it back, a lot of times we, that's what we think is going to happen. We're going to die. 
I'm going to die of shame or embarrassment or it's going to be so hard that my body's going to shut down. I'm going to die. And if that happens, then okay, well, you won't know it anyway. <laughs> You're done. So for me, it was like, I'm moving forward. I'm fueled by my why, by my personal mission statement. I'm clear that the things that I want to experience are on the other side of this fear. And for me, I made a huge commitment. I'm going to move through my fears. If it presents a fear and I feel it in my body and it persists over time, I'm going to address it. And that was a personal agreement I made with myself. And I've kept that agreement for six years. So the way that I move through fear is that as soon as it presents itself, if it's a true fear that's impacting my way of life, not like snakes, like I don't like snakes. If a a bunch of snakes fell in this room right now, I'd probably be afraid, but they don't impact my life. I don't really care. So that's a fear that I'm not interested in moving through. But massive jealousy and anxiety within my relationship with Sarah, knowing that Sarah has male friends that want to hang out with her one-on-one, and I think, oh my gosh, that makes me afraid and jealous. Guess what? That impacts my life. Because maybe I think, well, who is she texting right now? And where does she go? She said she went to the coffee shop, but she was gone like an hour, right? And if that's what's going on, that stuff's impacting my life. Guess what? That's a fear that I'm going to move through. And that's how I used to, to gauge whether I'm going to step into a fear. So Vaughn, that's, that's how I move through fear right there. Have a why that's bigger. Make an agreement with yourself that if this fear impacts your life in a significant way, meaning you feel some sort of distress or anxiety or tension or frustration and it persists, making a commitment to step into it. And here's the thing, 99% of the fear story that you have in your mind is a lie anyway. You're making the fear bigger than it actually is. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what our imagination is for. We have this little teeny tiny fear and then we dwell on it and we think about it and we don't move and it becomes a mountain. It becomes an Everest of fear. And now in order to get over that Everest, there has to be a monumental effort And so we don't move. So I think understanding how fear works is is very, very key. And then the last part of your your question, you said you feel like fear is the reason that many people don't have it all, whatever their all is. And, you know, I think that, yeah, people aren't having having it all because of, of their fears. And I believe before that, it really starts with context. Like, what does have it all, having it all even mean to you? I talked about that at the top of the episode. Like, what does it mean? Have you clearly defined what all means? Having it all. What does that mean to you? And if you have defined it, is it possible for you? Is your definition of having it all even possible? Because here's the thing. Most people's definition is not achievable. Most of the rest of society, when you ask them what does having it all mean, it's not achievable. Because they say things like, having it all means having balance in my life. And balance, in 99% of cases, it's not possible and it never was possible because of context. You know, because balance means that things are equal, things are even, things are proportionate. So let's say that balance to you, like having it all means having balance, and balance to you means there's balance within your roles, right? The roles that you play in life. Or uh, balance between your time at work, your time uh, with your family, your time at play with friends, or your time with yourself. If that's what balance means to you and that's what having it all means to you, then guess what? You're setting yourself up for complete failure and perpetual frustration. 
because you're never going to be able to balance all your time between work and family and play and friends and your parents and yourself. There's not enough hours in the day. If you have six roles that you're saying are significant and you're saying that balance is what it takes for you to be happy and feel like you have it all, that means you, you got to spend four hours in each role every day. That's just not what we do. We spend six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours at work. And then we come home and now we're in the role of parent. And then the kids go down to bed and now you're in the role of spouse. And then maybe you've made an hour or 30 minutes or five minutes for the role of self. And then you do that and you rinse and repeat. And you say to yourself, having it all means having balance, but I have zero balance. It's just because your definition is, is all screwed up. And that's what most people are doing. You're probably doing it right now to some reason, to some extent. Or if, if for you, having it all means owning things. That's a huge one as well. Having, possessing, having it all. I can have everything. I can have, you know, I can own many things like the cars and the houses and the clothes and the best cell phone or, or uh, gain notoriety, right? So like I got all these degrees, Ooh, I got a bunch of fancy degrees or I have a lot of awards based on the work that I've done or all these accomplishments. And if that's what having it all means to you, then guess what? You're destined to ebb and flow. Feel frustrated and feel a little bit happy and then feel really down and low and feel kind of satisfied and then really, really low again. That's what you're destined to do. Because as soon as you get that thing, you feel happy. And then immediately, like a second later, the happiness diminishes. I mean, we've experienced that when we've, you know, got a new shiny phone. You've wanted this phone for like a year. Oh, I can't wait to get this thing. I can't wait to get it. You finally get it and you crack it open, bam. And the next day you're like, cool, I got a phone. And then three days later, you're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. And then a week later, it's just, you have the same old feelings again about the phone. Or if you're, if you're really, if having it all to you is all about those accomplishments, you know, it's like as soon as you accomplish that goal, you feel wonderful for that moment. And then your satisfaction begins to fade shortly thereafter. And so what happens is it takes more and more things or bigger and bigger accomplishments to get that happy feeling again. It's like a drug. Gotta go bigger and bigger and bigger. And if that's what your definition of having it all is, then it's just a game that you're destined to lose because you gotta keep going bigger and bigger. And at the core, the reason why that's not, that doesn't work, that's ineffective, is because it's external. It's all external. So if that's how you define having it all, it doesn't matter about the stepping into fears. You know what I mean? You got to look at your definition. It goes deeper than that. Because you can keep stepping into fears to possess the thing. All right, I'm afraid of making this sales call, but I know if I do, it's going to be a $100,000 sale. Let's do it. Because as soon as I do it, I'm going to buy a damn pool. I'm going to be happy. And then now you got this pool. And you got responsibility and it's growing algae and you hate the dang pool. You know what I mean? Like, that's what happens. So you got to look at what, how you define having it all. Is your definition setting yourself up to win? For me, having it all is an abundant, loving life. Life, faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, fun. Am I experiencing abundance in those areas? Am I loving who I am being in those areas? That has nothing to do with external. It has everything to do with me, my experience, how I'm showing up, how I'm perceiving, how I'm relating to all of it. And I can, I can control that. I can't control if you give me accolades. If I want some, 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 some recognition from you, I can't control that. So if, if having it all means that you praise me, I mean, then now I'm at, I'm at the whim of however you feel. So... 
that's how I address moving through fear, Vaughn. And that's how I address this idea that many people don't have it all, you know. And the, the fears, get your why bigger. Make that commitment to yourself. Recognize that the things that you want truly are on the outside of your comfort zone. And that you got to keep expanding it and move through fear. Moving takes action. Massive action is my prescription. Massive, massive action. That's how you move through fears. Awesome question. Awesome question. So let's move on to the next one. And there's actually two more and they they, they deal with authentic self. So I believe I can kind of answer these in a more succinct manner. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from Lewis, and, and uh, Lewis asks, can you discuss the phrase, your authentic self, and talk about how growth and abundance are better for your authentic self compared to stagnation and resentment? And the resentment is towards others who've changed. I like this one. I do like this, because the idea of your authentic self is kind of like a... Uh, uh, I mean, you could like Google search it and you could find a bunch of results on being your authentic self. What does it mean to be your authentic self? And I know that I've had that question and and I totally have conversations around that question. And that happens to be something that I address in the root of the work that I've done on myself and the work that I do with my clients. And I'll explain what I mean by that. But first, like Lewis, my my... My question for you is like, what does it mean for you to be your authentic self? What does it actually mean? Because if you're not clear on that for you, not the definition you find in Webster, if you're not clear who authentically Lewis is, then it's very, very easy to get tripped up as to whether or not you're feeling it or not. Because it ends up just being a feeling. Yeah, Today I feel like I'm being my authentic self and Yesterday, I didn't feel like I was being my authentic self. And so that happens when we aren't very clear. You probably have an idea. Like you understand the things that you enjoy. You understand the things that maybe trigger you to an extent. You know, I, I uh, hypothesize that you may not understand them as deeply as you could, those triggers and those joys and those things. And so the very first place I'd be, I'd be thinking is like, what does authentic really mean for you? You know, and if you were to define authentic, I went ahead and did that. <laughs> One of the definitions is true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So what does that mean for you to be true to your personality, spirit, or character? The word within that that I recommend you you highlight and hone in on is character. What's your character all about? Your character is a composition of your habits. 
Habits are actions that you've done again and again and again and again that they just become automatic. They're things that you've built up over time, they're reinforced. Some are healthy, some are unhealthy. And those actions begin as a thought, begin as as an idea. You know, they form in between your ears. So your authentic self is all about those thoughts, those actions, those habits, those characters. And so that your, your character. And so then I ask you, like, what is your authentic self? And what's it centered on? Here's the thing. And I've talked about this a lot. I have a book in my hands right now. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This thing is worn the F out. <laughs> it's worn out. There's highlights and sticky notes and all this stuff because I go over this so many times with myself, with my accountability group, with my clients, and then on this podcast. And so when it comes to truly identifying who you are and being clear on who you are, you really want to start by looking at what's at the center of your world, what's at the center of your your universe. And in Seven Habits, I'm going to go to it right now, Stephen Covey talks about centers, different centers. And whatever is at the center of your world is going to provide you with your sense of power, your sense of guidance, your sense of security, your sense of wisdom. And so whatever's at your center really shapes how you view the world, how you behave within the world, and as a result, what you experience, what you create, what you receive. And now here's the kicker. Most people are centered in something external to them, such as family, or your spouse, or your job, or money, your kids, right? A lot of people have those things in the center of their world. That's what they use to govern their lives, their spouse. And so, how can you be truly authentically you if what's at your center is something external to you? The answer is you can't. Or it's very challenging to do so. You're probably going to ebb and flow all over the place. You're probably going to feel like you're centered in one minute and feel like you're totally inauthentic and out of center the other minute. Now, Covey talks about the a more powerful or a more effective center is a principle center. The reason being, your principles are unwavering. Principles are those universal truths, those things that are true no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what era you were born in, a principle is fact. It's truth. It's even greater than fact. It's, it's, it's truth. It's universal. So everything is energy. That's a principle. doesn't matter who you are. It applies to every single person. Every single thing in the universe is energy. Every choice is a consequence, another principle. doesn't matter who you are. Man, woman, black, white, has no difference. Every choice has a consequence. That's a principle. So having principles at your center to give you your sense of power, guidance, security, and wisdom is much more effective than having family at your center. Family and spouse and money, those things are, can be values, things that are very important to you, but you really want to be careful as putting those in the center of your world in terms of how, what, what you use to govern. So I go back to your, your question. Can you discuss the phrase, your authentic self? And it's really about how are you defining that? How are you viewing what authentic self means to you? And I say, start with principle center. 
Because when you're principally centered, now you're centered in something that can be internalized. You can live a principally centered life as opposed to a spouse-centered life. You can certainly live a spouse-centered life. It's just not very effective because now you're at the whim of their emotions, of their desires. You know, if you're family-centered, that's where you get your sense of guidance from. So if you're not really sure where to go in life, if you're not really sure, you know, like that's where you get your sense of morals from, from other people, from your family, as opposed to looking at something like principle that doesn't waver. So that's where I always start in terms of authentic self. And then... I, I take it to the next level. Like the principles are at like the core. That's part of your foundation. And then I move to what are called the seven guidelines. And these are things that you're probably more familiar with that you've heard that make up maybe more of your current picture of what authentic self looks like. And the seven guidelines are this. First, are your personal values, the things that matter most to you. Then it's your gifts, talents, and passions. What are you just innately gifted with? What have you worked really hard at and it's become a talent? And what fires you up? What are you passionate about? And then it's environments. By environments, I mean, you know, the the other people that you hang around, the actual physical space. And how do you want to influence those environments? And how do you want those environments to influence you? And then abundance. Like, what does true abundance mean for you? Spiritually, mentally, socially, emotionally, physically, financially, sexually. What does abundance actually mean for you? These are part of those seven guidelines. Personal mission statement. You've heard me talk about that so many times. It's part of those guidelines. And your standards, your standards for your outer relationships, like your outer circle of friends and relationships, your inner circle of friends and relationships, and standards for your sexually intimate relationships. What do you use to, to, what criteria do you use to determine if a person gets to sleep in the bed with you? Those things comprise the seven guidelines. And for me, I'm very clear as to what my seven guidelines are. They're all written out. And so authentic self for me, it's what's written in my guidelines. It's what I have as my top values. It's what I wrote in my mission statement. It's what I put as my standards. So there's no questioning whether or not I'm being my authentic self or not. It's, I can just simply look at it. It's a yes or no. It's not a feeling. I feel like I'm being. No, integrity. It's one of my values. Am I living within integrity? Am I doing what I say I'm going to do? Let's just look at my agreements. And now it's objective. It's measurable. I can look. Did I make an agreement? Yes. Did I keep it? Yes or no? Oh, I didn't keep my agreement. And I haven't done that agreement over the course of several weeks. That's why I don't feel like I'm being my authentic self. As opposed to simply just feeling like, ah, I'm not really feeling like my authentic self. And that's, that's, that's the, the, the thing. Like We got to move from this place of just having these vague feelings or these vague, blurry ideas about what it is to have it all, or what it is to be authentic, or what it is to be happy and abundant and joyful and loving, and just go from those things being these fleeting notions that we sort of understand what it is, we have a kind of an idea for ourselves, and move from that vague, blurry space to crystal clear. Crystal clear. You know, anybody who's achieved anything great in life has had a very crystal clear picture or, or vision or plan as to what that thing is. And so if being authentically you is one of the things that you want to achieve and one of the things you want to be, then you got to be so clear as to what authentically you actually means. 
And it can happen. It doesn't have to be this thing that, that you kind of walk around blindly and you get glimpses of it. And it's like, you know, it's kind of cloudy and misty. And then the, the clouds part and you see sunlight. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm being authentic. And then oh, the clouds go over again. And you're not really sure. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be so cut and dry that it's, it's ridiculous. It might even be boring how cut and dry it is. But it's incredibly empowering to know exactly what you need to do day in and day out and who you need to be day in and day out to be your most authentic self, to be your most powerful self, to be living into your greatness. That is incredibly exciting to me. So, Lewis, that's, that's how I would, you know, kick off answering your question. And then you talked about how growth and abundance are better for your authentic self compared to stagnation and resentment. And, you know, those are not so much questions, but statements and those are also opinions, right? Growth and abundance are better. Um, I don't, I don't even, you know, truly like that word better. Uh, to me, it's, it kind of has a, a judgmental uh, tone to it. So you might say like effective. Growth and abundance are more effective for your authentic self, or or healthier for your authentic self, perhaps. Um, stagnation. I mean, hey, listen, if you're not moving, if you're not addressing things, right? If you're not moving forward, then yeah, you become stagnant. And I'm not talking about taking massive leaps and massive action every single day of your life because that's quite frankly exhausting. Like sometimes it's cool to sit back and chill and to just soak in what you've created. Absolutely. It's just recognizing when you've been in that space for a little bit too long and when you're recognizing that you aren't moving out of fear. That's the whole thing with me. It's like if there's fear that's holding you back and it's like an ankle weight on your ankle keeping you from moving forward or keeping you going at a very slow pace – that's the thing to address. I'm more interested in addressing those fears rather than moving at lightning speed. Let's, let's get rid of the fears so we don't have any more ankle weights, so we aren't being stagnant, right? And then you move at the pace you feel inspired to move in. And lastly, Lewis, the whole thing about resentment you know, towards other people who've changed, that's an interesting thing because to me, that implies that there's judgment and judgment out reflects judgment in. So... Where are you judging yourself, man? If you see other people who've quote unquote changed and you're feeling like you're resenting them, then what is it about them that's being that's showing up within you? And I've had this happen very, very recently. I got frustrated at, at my accountability group because people I felt like weren't moving. And it wasn't until after I shared that frustration and sat with it for a little bit and then did some reflection that what I was really frustrated at is, you know, I was projecting. I was projecting all of my stuff onto them. And so I was projecting my frustrations and the things that I was frustrated in with me, I was now intentionally trying to spot out in them. So if you're feeling resentful towards somebody that you feel has changed, then what is it? Where are you you being frustrated and resentful about yourself that you're now projecting onto that other person? That's the sort of inquiry that I would do. But this is great. I love talking about authentic self because... I think a lot of people have have ideas and I think you may even be setting yourself up to be frustrated and not feel authentic based on how you're defining it. And that's what a lot of this stuff is, right? It's like context. Like what what is your context? What's your definition going into it? And then on top of that, that's what then you then you throw your content on top of that and boom, you can rock and roll. So thank you, Lewis. Last message today comes from Bibi, and this one also has to do with authentic self. So Bibi has a, a, a little story 
to share. And um, I'm going to read that and then I'm going to give some feedback on it. So maybe this whole thing is about trying to connect with your authentic self and feeling challenged with the process, feeling disconnected from self, feeling like a fraud, feeling like you're having to force things along. So I'm going to read this, uh, this, little, this whole story. So BB writes, when I was around 12 or 13, I got into writing stories. And when I was 14, I started using it as a way to cope with the drama at home. And I was really good. But one day, my mom ended up reading it and didn't like how I painted her character. And I wrote some really explicit stuff. And so she yelled at me. And ever since then, I lost the inspiration to write stories. And when I try to get back into that hobby, I just can't. And it kind of makes me feel like a fraud. But I believe writing is one of my gifts, so I want to get back into that. So, baby, this is cool. There's a couple of things here to, to touch on. First, that whole idea of authentic self, which you get by now after hearing my feedback to Lewis. And so, same thing goes for you, BB. What does it mean for you to be your authentic self? Let's get clear on that. And you actually wrote, it was funny, you said, uh, you believe writing is one of my gifts. And part of my process for uncovering that authentic self in the seven guidelines is gifts, talents, and passions. So, you're right there on the same wavelength. It's getting clear on those things that that you're gifted at. And then, it's exercising it. And that's, to me, where I feel like this is really clicking for you or, or, or not connecting for you. It's just in terms of you feeling inauthentic. It's because writing is a gift of yours and is probably a passion of yours, I'm assuming, just based on what you wrote. However, that experience when you were younger of your mom finding your writings and disapproving, that experience has now tainted writing for you. But if writing is a passion, if writing is a gift, and you aren't actually exercising it, then guess what? You're 100% going to feel uneasy. You're just going to feel like, like, like discontent within yourself because this thing that wants to be expressed is not being expressed. And that happens to so, so, so many people in life. Your gifts, they want to be expressed. Your talents, they want to be used. Your passions, like they want to flow through you. And if we aren't being proactive in expressing our gifts, talents, and passions, like that energy has to go somewhere. If it's not coming up and out of you through your expression, through you sharing your gifts with the world, then it goes back inside and it starts to mess around with stuff. And you start to feel frustrated and you start to to maybe resent people who are expressing their gifts talents and passions or maybe you start to to long after them and and you feel the gap is growing and you can never get back into it and then when you try to get back into it like this is what i I feel like is happening with you bb when you try to get back into writing the voice of your mom kicks in your head or at least the story that your mom planted and so i totally recommend that you really explore and examine that internal conversation that you're having when you sit down to write And I bet you if it's not your mom's voice, it's your mom's words. And that's just creating a block. It's creating a block. That's all that it is. That block can be removed. But you have to be willing to really dig into it. Really figure out what's going on there. Because before that point, you were free to write. You were doing your thing. And you were writing authentically. And that's probably what what triggered your mom. You were just being real. You were being real and, and writing through your perspective. You know? 
And so something in what you wrote triggered your mom. That's not your issue. That's your mom's deal. Your mom had that button and your writing was simply there to press it. That has nothing to do with you. That's everything to do with your mom. And what happens is we have these experiences where other people's problems, they, they get triggered and now they, they project their stuff onto us and now we wear it on. And that's what's going on with you, baby. You're wearing on whatever it is that your mom said. She yelled at you. That's what you wrote. So whatever she yelled at you, you internalized that. You took it personally, which, I mean, totally get it. You were young. You were young. It happens, you know, but you took it personally. You wore those beliefs on. You wore on whatever your mom may have told you, or you simply took on the belief that what you were doing was very wrong because you got reprimanded. And so that part of you was shut down, bloop, shut down. But that desire to create and to write never went away. It never will go away. It's always going to be there because it's just part of you. It was there before that experience happened and it's going to stay there. It's going to remain there far after that experience. And so I totally recommend just go in. Be courageous enough to go in and figure out what are the internal conversations? What am I making this mean about me? As soon as your mom yelled at you and she left the room and you were there by yourself in your own thoughts, what did you start making it mean, that whole incident, mean about you? That you were you know, a, a terrible daughter? That you were dirty or that you were vulgar? That you were, you know, whatever it is, you got to explore that. And if you can trace it back, you know, that's, that's one, of the, one of the things that I, I do for myself and I recommend to others. It's like, just let's just be bold enough to just take this story and trace that thread back to its origin. And if you could trace it back to the origin and see that, that that was not your belief. That was given to you. It was a seed that was planted. And you just happened to be very fertile ground in that moment and that seed sprouted. And the roots went deep and confused you into believing that it was your story, that it was your truth. But it's not. That was somebody else's thing that was rooted in their fear. And fear has that way of just incepting. You know, fear spreads fast. So it's not yours, BB. It's not yours. You can let go of it. And you can get back to writing. But there's a block there. It's kind of like having a blocked up shower drain. You know, you can want that water to flow through as much as you want. You can put all sorts of stuff in that water to get it going. But if there's a block there, you got to remove the block. The water will never flow unless you remove the block. And yeah, you can stick something down there and kind of like poke holes in the block and get the water to flow a little bit, but it's never truly going to flow the way that it can unless you really dig in and, and unclog that block. That's all you got to do. So the gunk, that block right now in your case is just that judgmental conversation about writing. That's what it is. So write about how you felt in the moment. Write about the stories that you have right now in your mind about yourself. Write about how that ex- what that experience made you feel. Write about how you feel about your mom and how you felt about your mom. Write about what you feel about yourself. Write about that experience in just crazy amount of detail until you start to really break away that block. And then slowly as that block starts to break away because you keep hammering at it, you hammer at it with your pen, you hammer at it with your words, then you can start writing and expressing yourself in the ways that you truly want to. But right now, use that gift of yours, use that writing to attack the block. 
That's my recommendation. All right. That was awesome. That was it. Those are the three that I wanted to address today. Vaughn talking about fear and talking about having it all. Lewis talking about authentic self. And BB talking about the authentic self with the writing. So this is this is fantastic. I uh, I enjoyed digging into these, and I'm I believe that there's something in what was shared that you're going to be able to take away and put into action, and put into action, you know. And I I'm definitely a guy about action. That's what I do in my life. That's what I do with my clients. That's what the blueprint course is all about. Like I remember sitting there as I'm coming up with that course, and I'm thinking, okay, I want to give all these amazing concepts, and I want to help them. You know, help people who go through the course, work through their values and get clear on their mission statement. Yes, but there has to be some sort of action in place. Like, what is the massive action that you can take to activate all these things? And that's when I went back and added the activation section to each one of the modules. So, you know, it's massive action, everybody. That's what's going to get you through this stuff, right? Like, BB is never going to feel comfortable writing if she doesn't take some action, you aren't going to think your way through this one. That's what we believe we can do. You believe you can think your way through it. You know, Vaughn, feeling scared, fearful. You're not going to think your way through fear. You got to move. So think about what from this episode you can take away and turn into a massive action in your life. Because there's something there. And if anything that I, I shared with you stirred you in some way, whether it made you get some goosebumps because it was on point, or it made you feel anxious or uncomfortable, or maybe it made you feel excited, or maybe it pissed you off, whatever it is, there's something there to be addressed. And I just encourage you to go and address it. I'm telling you, the sweetest, sweetest things are on the other side of that comfort zone. They're on the other side of addressing those things that make you feel uncomfortable. It, it that's always the case and I simply invite you to prove me wrong if you're feeling skeptical just prove me wrong because we're all going to win if you do <laughs> we're all going to win in that process so I appreciate you hanging out with me with this episode this was a lot of fun I'm going to be doing a few other listener email inspired episodes uh, very soon I'm not entirely sure when I'm going to publish those but uh, we got others coming up we got a bunch of of topics and questions around others around relationships, around family, around spouse and marriage and all that stuff. So we're talking about others. And then we're talking about life. Life is a cool one. This is about uh, finances and business, you know, starting a business, being an entrepreneur, about, uh, you know, getting into some similar stuff that I'm into, podcasting and content marketing and all that stuff. So I'm going to talk about that as well when I get into the life email. So that is all for now. I appreciate you. I love you. My name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. 
If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.